0: It's silly season, which means that crowds are flocking to malls to make sure they're stocked up for Christmas. And, of course, we've just come off the back of Black Friday where um, we saw queues of people uh, lining up to get stuff like TVs, nappies, Coca-Cola, and all sorts of essentials at the mall. Man, will you be using cash or card to pay? But it turns out that... Black Friday and these Christmas specials aren't the hottest ticket in Johannesburg at least when it comes to shopping. In fact, anyone who was anyone uh, looking for a luxury vehicle, a buggy, or even a truck was lined up in Krugersdorf this week at the auction of assets owned by Poss
1: your bed, Nikal. By 525,
0: anymore, 530, 535. It's a three day auction um, where bidders could potentially get their hands on 140 cars, trucks, and buckies. According to our reporter Kyle Cowan, there was office furniture, stationery, chairs up for grabs. And it all culminated, at least day one culminated, in the sale of Gavin Watson's X-5 that went for a steal. 590,000 Rand. Although I suppose... uh, Things going for a steal when we're talking about Basasa is probably part of the
1: course. Hey, you woke up. Nice to have you, sir. 590, 590, be let go, all done. 590, I gotta be able to let go. Any more at 590, fit for the first. 590, I'll be all done. Let it go. So number.
0: You're listening to The Story. It's a new podcast from News24. Every week, we're going to take you inside our newsroom. We'll speak to journalists and experts about the week's biggest story. This is what we saw, heard, and uncovered this week. We're in studio with News24's investigative maverick, Kyle Cowan. Kyle, you sound terrible, I'm sorry to say.
1: (laughs) What's happening with you? I've I've got a little bit of the flu from spending so much time out in the rain yesterday.
0: Do you know, we're in Joburg and we've been complaining and complaining about the heat and the day that you need to go and stand outside all day, the heavens opened up.
1: Yeah, but I I would take being sick and getting wet over that heat it was Uh. just unbearable
0: so paint a picture for us because we saw the footage but I can only imagine it's just a scratch on the spectacle that was that Bosasa auction?
1: Well, close to a thousand people were crammed into this Mbezo hall at Bosasa's head office. Um, 600 or more of these were people who had actually registered to bid and paid their 20,000 rand deposit.
0: Okay, I'm going to pause there because I think a lot of us were under the impression you just mosey on in, stick your hand up and bid for (laughs) stuff. But actually you pay yeah
1: you, know, you pay a 20,000 rand deposit which is then worked into the purchase price of whatever you purchase, but you register with your ID number they take a copy of all your fiCA documents like your proof of residence and everything you can't just walk in and then just start shouting out you know numbers and <laughs> hoping to buy something and, and this is a very good reason for that you know there's on auctions like this there are, there's everything from massive cars to tiny little office chairs for sale and you can imagine every single person who might want to buy an office chair for the house if they arrive there we're going to have 10,000 people and nobody's going to be able to move or say or do anything. Right.
0: Um, Kyle, just give us the broad view here. What exactly is being auctioned? This is a Bosasa
1: property. That's right. Everything is being auctioned from the cars to the buildings themselves, the properties on which the buildings were built, down to office furniture, bookshelves, paintings, coffee machines, you name it, it is being sold off. And, you know, this is the the direct result of, you know, a company that has faced the sort of might of... South African media glare over allegations of corruption caused mostly by testimony before the Zonda Commission of Inquiry. What really happened in about February, the, the banks went to Basasa and said, we're closing your accounts. We can't, you, we can't have you as clients anymore. Like it, it looks bad for us to keep banking you with all these bad allegations floating around and that essentially pushed the directors of the company into saying okay we're going to liquidate the company voluntarily and of course that brings the liquidators in and it brings the auctioneers in and it's just once that process has started it's very very difficult to stop it although that is not stopping the Watson family from trying to stop this process.
0: High drama right so we have this um, crazy auction process and at the 11th hour a nephew as I understand it, trying to put the brakes on this whole thing. Tell us about that.
1: Yeah, so Jared Watson, who is the late Gavin Watson, the Basasa CEO's nephew, and one of Gavin's daughters, Lindsay Watson, have actually joined forces, and they have been appointed as directors of the company and as shareholders, and they are now driving a court process, number one, to have... Bousasa, which is known as African Global Operations and the 11 subsidiary companies which are placed under liquidation now put into business rescue. So that the effect of that is it halts the liquidation and then the auctioneers can't go ahead. Nothing can go ahead until the courts have decided on the issue. Now, what we are hearing just now is that there's also an application to actually stop the auctions from going ahead. So Jared Watson has said in his court papers, he believes that it's the wrong time of year to have the auction. The liquidators don't have the board's consent. And there's just a whole lot of issues that is now trying to crop up. And you know, for the liquidator side, they're just saying that Jared and Lindsay and the rest of the Watson family are trying to avoid an an in-depth investigation into the financial affairs of Pesasa, which has very far-reaching consequences for the finances of Gavin's immediate family.
0: Absolutely. And I suppose if they were to... um somehow get this business into business rescue and all their assets are gone they would find themselves to be in a pickle.
1: Totally you know and and there's another thing that's looming on the horizon that I think is keeping some of the Watson family members awake at night and that is the the state has very far-reaching powers SARS and especially the asset forfeiture unit to come and take away cars or houses that was that were built with money that they deem was inappropriately or you know in a wrong way given to the family. So they have a lot of legal battles coming up and a lot of possibly even criminal, bat- you know, like criminal charges against them coming up. So they are very worried about how they're going to live two years from now. Are they going to have houses left? Are they going to have cars left? Because everything that all any money that came out of that company after 2004, that was to the benefit of any person, is essentially questionable because of the way that that company made money by paying bribes to get tenders. It's all illegal. Once these assets are auctioned, it is Im- basically impossible for this company to ever pick it up from the ground again to continue in any sort of sensible way i mean just over and above that from early as july june this year some of the staff had been paid severance packages they'd lost their jobs already so to get those staff back now and it's basically the end i don't think that there's a way that posasa or african global operations as was a year ago will ever live and breathe again
0: yeah now, excuse the pun, but it, there's almost the ghost of Gavin Watson hovering over this whole thing. His um, dramatic death leaves us with more questions than answers, would you say?
1: As with many things surrounding Gavin, we have more questions than answers. And, and you know, his death, which was, I think, very untimely and very sad for his family as well, is is something that I think we're going to be talking about for a very long time. The family is adamant that there is something suspicious about his death, and I don't see that at this stage. From all the all the indications are is that, you know, Gavin may have had heart attack or he may have blacked out and then collided with the, the concrete bridge pillar, but obviously I'm not a forensic specialist or a doctor. But what I do know is that there's going to most likely be an inquest because of it's such a high profile matter and the state capture commission has such an interest in finding out exactly what happened. So it'll go to an inquest where every facet of the last hours of Gavin's life will be pulled apart in minute detail and then we'll be able to understand a lot more about what actually happened
0: Mm. his his death aside the actual circumstances surrounding his death um Talk to us a little bit about the implications of Gavin Watson's death for the um, commissions of inquiry that's happening and potential court proceedings. Because as you've clearly told us, th- this isn't just the Zondo Commission. No. I mean, these, these are people facing charges uh, before no. courts of law.
1: So essentially there are a couple of processes that are ongoing. There is a SARS inquiry, which is a tax inquiry essentially to try and determine where and when some taxes may not have been paid over the past, you know, decade or more, then there is also a a liquidation inquiry coming up, where the liquidators delve into every facet of the finances of the company, and with Gavin not being around anymore, he cannot respond to allegations against him in at the Zonda Commission. Yeah. He also cannot respond any further to, you know, issues before the tax inquiry. And he will not be able to to appear before the liquidation inquiry. So it it, it hamstrings those processes in a way. But on the other hand, forensically, investigators will be able to put a money trail together to show, okay, maybe they can't prove that Gavin pushed the button on money that went to building one of his kids' houses, but they will be able to say for sure that money came from Bosasa, it was paid to build a house for this person or that person, or pay for a flight ticket or holiday accommodation for some government official. And legally, Gavin Watson as the CEO. The fiduciary responsibility, the buck stopped with him. So we will never be able to prove, I think definitively, most of the allegations against Gavin, now that he isn't there to answer for himself and to present some form of defense. But the processes continue. There are still many other people who were around, who were co-decision makers, in the company and we're basically Gavin's right-hand people and they will be able to perhaps present some form of the truth
0: Yeah, so we're, we're wrapping up the season. It's it's towards the end of the year and I just thought after a year of really hectic um, Basasa news, hmm. you know almost culminating with Gavin's death um, and yeah. I actually had a bit of a, a lighter moment when that BMW X, what is it, X Five, yeah. was auctioned. I mean, that yeah. auctioneer went to town. He was—he seemed like he was having a
1: ball. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, th- th- that's Clive Lazarus from Park Village Auctions. He's—he's he's quite a character. um You know, he's just very funny and he's alive. And you know, he keeps making jokes about people. And, and then, there was
0: almost something symbolic
1: about that—that that BMW, right? I mean, definitely. Yeah. Uh, you know, and there's a couple of strands to that. So. The family maintains that Gavin was this humble man who stayed in a humble two-bedroom home and drove a company car. What they don't say is that the company car was like a one point four million rand BMW that yep. us mere mortals will probably Never. only sit in once or twice <laughs> in our entire life. You know? And
0: it was also like this jazzy blue colour too,
1: right? <laughs> it, it's a very fancy car, and yeah. you know, it, it, it was it was quite symbolic to see this vehicle being sold, and to me, it just really that more than anything represented the end if Gavin was alive and if Basasa was still going there was no way that anyone was going to be able to just buy his car at an auction or the car that his wife was using the Porsche as well I mean it's just it's very symbolic of how this era of Posasa has really come to an end.
0: It really has. Kyle, uh, anyone who wants to get in touch with you um, to find out more about this story, how can they find you on Twitter?
1: So people can find me at, at Cowan's View on Twitter, or they can send me an email at uh, tips, T I P S at 24.com.
0: Kyle, thank you so
1: much. Thank you.
0: Now, speaking of that BMW, Um, News 24 reporter Shantae Schatz was at the auction and she got to speak to auctioneer Clive Lazarus who, despite his name, could not bring Gavin Watson back from the dead.
1: So today was day one, which we sold the motor vehicles, the trucks, the earth-moving equipment, etc. And we've had a great day here today with a lot more people than expected. And the prices attained are in excess of what we expected. I think if you're coming to an auction, you've got to set your, your price at a fixed price and you mustn't get uh, caught up in the wave of tension because you are bidding and it's becoming a transaction that you have to pay for at the end of the period of the day. I think you must have ceilings and maximums that you prepare to pay and do your homework properly to see what it is on the market and what you could go and get one should you not get it at the particular auction.
0: that's it you've just listened to the final episode of season one of news 24's the story it's produced by nogatula manyati and presented by me jerusha sukthio rath and both nogatula and i are just incredibly grateful for the support the tweets and the shares don't despair we're taking a break uh, we're going to be spending some time with family i'm having a baby actually but we'll be back next year so stay tuned